Egypt was up for grabs. Everything beneath it, anyway. The Egypt that was dead and buried. Mummies, statues, jewels. Ancient Egypt. If you could dig it, you could have it. If you couldn't dig it, you could buy it. If you couldn't buy it, you could steal it. Buy the ton, buy the shipload, whatever you could haul out. When your mummy arrived at your doorstep, you could pull it into the parlor, invite your friends, and in the candlelight of night, the clatter of a storm, you could lift the lid of the coffin and the case below that until you were face to face with the dead. The mummy who thought he was going to wake up in paradise 3,000 years ago and instead is here, in Paris, in a house full of rich guys spilling brandy on his bandages. And then you could unwrap him. It was Egyptomania. This is The Object, Episode 1, produced by the Minneapolis Institute of Art. Today, a story about the craze that shaped the founding of America, defined our very concept of what America stood for, and then vanished, leaving only art and mummy movies behind. It's Egyptomania. I'm Tim Gearing. Lily Place was born rich, born into real estate money in New York in the 1850s or 1860s, the way most Americans then were born into mud and malaria. She had it made in the shade of Central Park. But being born rich was its own kind of burden, a chain binding Lily to her father's fortune. And so, when he moved to Minneapolis in the 1870s or 80s, she moved with him, like part of the furniture. And when the old man moved to Italy, where he died in 1909, Lily went there too. She was middle-aged then and still single, a maiden lady as some have described her. And now she was free to wander. London, Paris, Cairo. For a few incandescent years in the jazz age, she seemed to be in the right place at the right time, all the time, flickering before the lights blew out. Lily had Egyptomania. Who knows where she picked it up or when? Egyptomania had been around for a long time, infecting the upper classes especially. In fact, Napoleon started it. He invaded Egypt in 1798, half a century before Lily was born. He invaded with 400 ships, far more than he needed, because he didn't just want to take Egypt. He wanted to take Egypt with him, ancient Egypt, the Egypt that was dead and buried. He wanted to take it back to France like a souvenir. And so he brought 167 scholars with him, including the future director of the Louvre Museum. Notice that you enter the museum today through a pyramid. They were prepared to take anything they liked. Mummies, statues, obelisks. But the British intervened and kicked the French out of Egypt and took anything they liked for the British Museum. But these dog-faced gods, these hieroglyphic heroes that no one yet understood, they were more than trophies to the French. They were evidence of empire, a great civilization beneath the sand, perhaps the greatest of all time, complicated and cruel, marvelous and mysterious, exactly what Napoleon's France, the New Egypt, thought of itself. The United States, on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean, wasn't a new anything in 1800. It was simply new. A kid with one big victory under her belt and not much the show for it. But Americans admired the French. 
They had just saved our skin, after all, in the Revolutionary War, then left us to our own devices, to become Americans, whatever that would turn out to be. And so the Founding Fathers also admired ancient Egypt, and they, too, believed they were its heirs. Think of the pyramid on the dollar bill, the obelisk shape of the Washington Monument. America, like France, suffered from Egyptomania. When America began to open its own museums in the late 1800s, they all had Egyptian rooms to remind Americans of their destiny. And to fill them, another invasion of Egypt got underway, this time with shovels, not guns. The Met Museum in New York dug in Egypt almost every year between 1906 and World War II. But most museums couldn't afford to dig. They could never meet demand anyway. They needed someone to do the work for them. Someone with money. Someone with Egyptomania. Someone like Lily Place. Lily eventually settled in Cairo, where she could succumb to Egyptomania in style. She lived with her older sister, Ada. There were expats everywhere in Egypt in the 1920s. Like Howard Carter, the English archaeologist looking for King Tut's tomb. They were all looking for something. Lily was looking for a purpose. Something that come between her and her money. The money that, as a woman in a man's world, she was still tied to for life. The fortune that followed her like a curse. And so, she began to spend it. She went deep into the ancient markets of the Middle East, the twisting, sunburned alleys rotten with secrets and spices, looking for treasure. She became, as one arch journal put it, a prodigious shopper in the souk. The American with the empty suitcase. She bought amulets, figurines, boots, shirts, textiles, and yes, mummies. Nothing was hard to find. It was sifting through the fingers of Egypt like sand, landing in the laps of people like Lily, piling up in the suitcase of her obsessions. So she sent these things home, to the Met in New York, the city of her birth to the Arizona State Museum in Tucson for reasons even they are no longer clear about, and to the Minneapolis Institute of Art in the city she considered a hometown. The Institute opened the Lily Place Corridor, lined it with tall wooden cases, and filled them entirely with stuff from Lily, like trophies. Lily was in Egypt in 1922 when Howard Carter finally did discover the Tomb of Tut, the boy king taking his gold to the underworld. Suddenly, everyone was dreaming in hieroglyphics. Mummies crashed across the silver screen. And the Egyptian room, in museums lucky enough to have one, became their most popular draw. The Roaring Twenties seemed to prove everything the founders had believed. That America really was as great and exotic as ancient Egypt. Lily increased her donations, feeding the fever of Egyptomania. And the more she gave away, the more full of purpose she must have felt. But like all fevers, it wouldn't last. It had to come down, one way or another. In the 1950s, a new museum director briefly took over the Institute in Minneapolis, Richard Davis, who began selling off Lily's donations and other antiquities, quietly, without oversight, more than 4,500 objects in all, and used the money to buy modern art. It was a liquidation unheard of today when deaccessioning even one or two pieces is a rare and thoughtful undertaking. And it was then, too. Davis was forced to resign, and nearly 400 of Lily's donations were spared. 
They're still in the museum, though mostly in storage. They're marked gift of Miss Lily Place. But Egyptomania was over. It was over for the one reason it couldn't do anything about. Ancient Egypt was old. And in the 1950s, in the wake of World War II, no one wanted old. Old was tribal. Old was superstitious. Old was death. But Lily didn't live to see any of this. She died in London in the spring of 1929. Egyptomania was still soaring. Stocks were still soaring. Everything was still coming up champagne and mummies. But Lily, like everything she loved, had gotten old herself. And when she died, she was taken from London, brought back to Cairo to join her sister Ada in the so-called American Cemetery in an old part of the city, among mercenaries and missionaries. The sisters had never married, and so they shared a headstone, a strangely simple marker, no birthplace, no birthdates, as though they had invented themselves, which, of course, in the great promise of America, they had. But there was still more to take out of Egypt. In her will, Lily left everything in her Cairo home to the Minneapolis Institute of Art. So the president of the museum sailed to Egypt, found her house, and there they were, her favorite things, the ones she couldn't part with in life, rugs, bronzes, three or four chests, textiles, old jewelry. He boxed almost everything up, sent it across the ocean to Minnesota, and the rest was sold or tossed. The rooms were swept, until there was nothing left behind but Lily. Lily. 